You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 72 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, how have you been, my friend? Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Tired as it gets hotter in here in Australia. I'm not sure how it is over in Melbourne, but it's been very um, steadily rising here. And I work outside a lot, so it's very um, leaving me weary. Yeah, well, in Melbourne for the past like couple of days, it's been like 16, 17 and rainy. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. You know, <laughs> typical <laughs> summer weather, apparently. How, yeah. How's it been for you, man? It's been like 30 steady for a bit, but it's also it was suddenly raining in like 20s, it, like early, oh, wow. low 20s on Tuesday. So and then a lot it of <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it was um, okay. weird <laughs> more than it was anything else. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, just uh, but otherwise, playing lots of games on my new PC, which I'll talk about a bit yeah. later. Yeah, um, I'm really, really excited to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, in the last couple of months since we've had an episode, not a ton. Even with the cats, which I mentioned would have mentioned in the last couple of episodes, mm. not a much progress. Both still, still separated. Still from, having troubles from, um, from the new one, from yeah, the new new brother. Mm. Um, but it, it's gone alright. Just not <laughs> not much to talk about, I suppose. What about you? Yeah, no, I um, I just came back from a month in India, so, uh, it's yeah, it was it was a crazy kind of crazy four weeks, four and a bit weeks over there, uh, visiting uh, a few different cities and visiting both sides of the family which is uh, the first time that either of us uh, either myself and my wife have seen each other's family in person since we got married or actually even even since we've been together so oh. it was a, it was a pretty 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 big trip um a pretty important trip but it was it was good and it was good to see my my dad's mom like my grandma on my dad's side uh, before you know she passes away because she's she's like in her nineties now so oh. you know it's she she's up she's getting up there yeah <laughs> yeah so it was good good to see her again um, yeah and, and 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 to meet you know introduce my wife to like my cousins and and like my uncles and aunties and then uh, getting to meet her uncles and aunties and her her cousins it's 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 it was a, a privilege to to meet and 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 uh yeah and, and talk to everyone and yeah it was a lot a lot of fun hmm. how long has it been it since already. you've seen your cousins for me it's been nine years okay and for my wife it was seven years since she went over so it was right. a, yeah long Similar. time coming for yeah. both yeah <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but yeah that was a was a was yeah a lot of fun and yeah it's uh it was it was crazy also like you know while that was all happening like i was you know i was still online and did a couple of couple of weeks of like doing some half days working over there but then like that's when like twitter was like imploding and oh, all right. those other social media <laughs> things popped I didn't up think about then, that with your job yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just like oh my god this is what what's the world coming to and yeah but good to be back um good to be able to play games again which which is good and I <laughs> guess I'll uh, talk about some of the things I've been playing later on. But yeah, let's um 
Let's kick things off by talking about some of the the articles that have gone up over the past, I guess, month and a half since we've recorded. Uh, the first uh, is that Ethan, our very own Ethan, uh, put up a couple of uh, great reviews. And the first one uh, was his review of Bayonetta 3, um, which uh, came out on the Switch uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, last month, maybe? I, f- I forget now. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess... It's uh, the the main thing with uh, Bayonetta three is that Ethan like when the game what the game does really well it really does well and really excels but there is a lot of um he he talked about a lot of self indulgent spectacle quote unquote um, and then some of the like a lack of focus when it comes to the the gameplay design and the set pieces that kind of take away from the overall experience but um it it, it is still a, f- a like a, a great entry in the series um and then uh yes and then he also reviewed uh Resident Evil Village's Winter's expansion um which he found he found it to be a uh how should i put it um like a great expansion in the in the traditional sense where it gives you a lot more of what you like about the base game um it's yeah he he did he did talk about shadows of rose uh, which is in there having some pacing issues but otherwise um the the overall quality of the expansion he he really enjoyed so that, that that's good news for resident evil fans out there yeah it's um yeah like uh shadow of rose sound very interesting like its reception because mm. i think it was very horror centric which I think yeah. is, I don't know, not unusual for Resident Evil lately, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know, it's curious. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's very much its own little thing rather than an extension of 8 so much. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And then uh, we had the Game Awards last week, and uh, we're, we're going to do a, a proper discussion about the Game Awards shortly, but before that, uh, we had Ruby... Um, put out a a nice little article talking about her top four picks, uh, top four announcements or uh, reveals that came from the Game Awards. Uh, The first being post-trauma from the the opening act, I think is, you know, the pre-show. It's kind of like a... It's, you know, very OG Resident Evil, Alone in the Dark style, 90s retro horror kind of aesthetic mixed with like a modern game engine and, and hopefully some... Some more, I guess, like uh, and, and and like a creepy atmosphere, um, and then she uh, also picked out Hades too. You know, kind of like goes without saying that the original Hades was a, a beloved game when it came out. Apparently, that came out in twenty eighteen, which I was like, holy shit, four years already. Um, <laughs> and then uh, oh, Judas, really? Is that yeah, right? twenty eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was like twenty twenty when it came out. Also. No, apparently it's 2018. <laughs> when do we give it Game Awards? Like, we gave it like all the game, like best yeah, objects. Apparently that was 2018. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. keep going. It, and then um, Judas, which is the the new game from Ken Levine, the the co-creator of Bioshock and System Shock, and then Death Stranding 2. Uh, she was a big fan of the PC release when it came out last year. Oh, sorry. Last year, 2020, I think it was. Uh, that was her top pick for for the year that year. Uh, so, kind of uh, kind of makes makes sense that she's really looking forward to the second one. Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. She had some 
good like strong i don't know i've been thinking about this training ever since the announcement again and it's just like such a curious game and it's just like yeah like ruby was notably very into it compared to me who bounced off it quite early yeah because so, um, you how how many hours did you play of it oh like two not long i'm very i, I still want to give it another go at some point i just thought i yeah. find the story very intriguing but other people have thought differently i don't know it's make, it's definitely like awakening that like curiosity again in the game where it's like oh that's right that's meant to be good and weird and probably worth putting more time into it than i did yeah so yeah i was like about thinking it about it i was like oh i should probably play it i feel yeah. like it's it's one of those like you know one of those games that's just like a reference point it's like a cultural touchstone mm. over the past decade that it's like one of those games that you don't have to be a massive fan but you need to at least play it and and know about it type thing yeah <laughs> also just think just to check i was not crazy hades came out of early access in september 2020 so it started in early oh, access okay. in, at the end of 2018 so but it's officially it has, released in 2020 yes yeah gotcha so gotcha long, that makes really. sense Phew. <laughs> oh, i was like got you yeah yeah i think i was going off the initial release date yes september 2020 yeah. was when it officially um, uh, officially came out. That yep, there we go. <laughs> Live fact checking. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine for my own sake, really. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for your own sanity. Yeah. No worries. Well, why don't we kick it over and talk about the game awards themselves? Uh, what we'll do is we'll run through the the categories and the winners of each category first, and then. John, uh, you and I, uh, John, will yeah, you know, we'll, we'll share our thoughts about, I guess, some of the descriptions for these categories and maybe some of the things we find problematic with <laughs> the show in general. Um, but yes, uh, let's uh, kick it over to the news. So the Game Awards took place last Friday, um, Australian time. I think it was Thursday evening um, for our friends uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so what I'll do is, there's, there are quite a few different awards, but I thought I'd um, make it easier by uh, grouping them according to like the, de- the general category. So we've got the genre-based awards, we've got the craftsmanship awards, the esports awards, and then the the special recognition awards. So I'll I'll go through I'll list the awards and the winners, and then we'll uh, we'll share our thoughts right afterwards. So f- the first part, so the genre based awards. And the first award is for best action slash adventure game, and that went to God of War Ragnarok from Sony Santa Monica Studio. Uh, best action game. Uh, went to Bayonetta 3 from Platinum Games. Best Family Game went to Kirby and the Forgotten Land from HAL Laboratory. Best Fighting Game went to Multiverses from Player First Games. Best Indie went to Stray from Blue 12 Studio. Best Mobile Game went to Marvel Snap from Second Dinner Studios. Love that name. Uh, best Multiplayer went to Splatoon from Nintendo EPD. Best ongoing game or slash live service game went to Final Fantasy XIV from Square Enix. 
best role-playing game went to Elden Ring from From Software. Best simulation slash strategy game went to Mario and Rabbids. Sparks of Hope from Ubisoft Milan and Paris. Best sports slash racing went to Gran Turismo 7 from Polyphony Digital. Best virtual reality slash augmented reality game went to Moss Book 2 from Polyarc. Next up, uh, we've got the um, awards for craftsmanship slash craft. The first award in this uh, is Best Art Direction, which went to Elden Ring. Best Audio Design, which went to God of War Ragnarok. Best Game Direction went to Elden Ring. Best Narrative went to God of War Ragnarok. Best Performance was Christopher Judge, who plays Kratos, uh, Kratos in God of War Ragnarok. Best score and music um, was Bear McCreary, uh, the composer for God of War Ragnarok. The next category is all the esports awards, or the awards that I don't understand why they're there. <laughs> First was Best Esports Athlete, which went to Jacob uh, Whitaker, who goes by Yay Online, and he's from uh, Cloud9, uh, which is a Valorant pro team best esports coach went to Mateus Mateus Tarasconi who goes by Bazooka and he is the coach for Loud which is also a Valorant team best esports event went to the 2022 League of Legends World Championship best esports game went to Valorant best esports team went to Loud which uh, is a Valorant pro team Finally, we had the Special Recognition Awards, first of which was Best Adaptation. The winner for this was Arcane League of Legends um, by Fortiche, Riot Games and Netflix. Uh, Netflix had three nominations in this category, which was pretty cool. Best Community Support went to Final Fantasy XIV. Best Debut Indie went to Stray. Content Creator of the Year Award went to Ludwig. Games for Impact went to As Dusk Falls from Inferior, sorry, Interior Night. Innovation in Accessibility went to God of War Ragnarok. Most Anticipated Game went to The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom from Nintendo EPD. And finally, the big one was Game of the Year, and the nominees for that were, were A Plague Tale Requiem from Asobo Studio, Elden Ring from From Software, God of War Ragnarok from Sony Santa Monica Studio, Horizon Forbidden West from Guerrilla Games, Stray from Blue 12 Studio, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 from Monolith Soft. And the winner for that category was Elden Ring. From From Software, which I actually found surprising, considering how many other awards God of War won. Yeah, throughout I, the night, I think it was I six like, in total. Mm. Yeah, like Elden Ring seemed like the obvious win from when it came out. Like it just made such yeah. a big impact right away, and that didn't really go away for months either. Like it seemed like yeah. the appropriate win. 
though yeah you're right like God of War like kind of swept through a lot of the other categories yeah it's, uh, it's like it's like an academy it's like the, at the academy awards when like a particular film wins all these awards but doesn't win like best picture mm. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but it's um but yeah those but yeah. those were the the winners from each of the categories john you had some you had some thoughts about the categories themselves yeah so i'll say i didn't watch the awards at all this year i just kind of picked up on some of the trailers afterwards i actually forgot it was happening then i came home from work or something it's like oh yeah so and then i just didn't really feel like watching something for three hours that was mostly yeah it was on at like um like midday for the east coast so it would have been like morning for you so you would have been already at work by the time it started Mm. yeah Yeah, some yeah yeah had to be it but it's just like I, um, i just watched it like just watched the full live stream just before so it's still pretty fresh in my mind um but yeah I'll, I'll i'll let you kick things off with some of your kind of thoughts about the categories themselves uh, okay you, you tell um, me before we started recording you had some thoughts yeah i feel like i've already lost a lot of my fire in regards to this topic because like, <laughs> it's been a week <laughs> no just no i already had some when we were talking like oh, 10 minutes yeah, ago yeah. and now it's kind of dissipated <laughs> but it's um yeah i don't know like i generally i really don't like the game wars in a general sense it's like most it feels far too um vapid in a general sense and it never really gets i don't know i didn't watch this year so i can't it's not really right to judge but it's um it's is that how you feel about all awards shows or just the game awards mostly this one because like at least the (laughs) other one like because this one is just like it, it never really hides the fact that it's a marketing event first and awards show second but i feel Mm. like it's never really honest about that fact even though it's very transparent that that's what the deal is is that we're trying to sell as many ads as possible and like using the awards as sort of like you know this sort of um kind of this way to get you (laughs) or like it's actually the awards are almost like the kind of the prestige like feeling or concept for the event but mm. it's not really given that sort of um, weight, and yeah, like, like I think like even in the industry, but also in the show, because they tend to like rush past them really quick. Everything's so like shiny and clear, which isn't like yeah. not that's not very different for awards shows or things. But I don't think it's very dignified in a way that is it like for an event that is trying to kind of get awards, or like video games recognized on a similar level to other yeah. like films and television and all that like. I guess I don't watch those events either. Maybe those are just as shallow. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, this one doesn't make, it just makes me kind of upset where it's like, if you went, <laughs> if someone who doesn't play games watches a Game Awards show, they wouldn't really come away going, wow, video games are so much more interesting and amazing than I thought. They'd probably come away saying like, man, there's a lot of new games coming out soon yeah. or have come out and they all look very shiny because that's, that's another point. Ooh, yeah. Fortnite chapter four yeah but it's like another thing it's like it's like got just going through the nominees and winners because uh, yeah. yeah you didn't go through the nominees but it's like the um almost every game that was nominated seemed to be like it's almost like production value and money involved was like the first point and then the craftsmanship was second like like which doesn't apply to all of it but a lot of it is like easily the most expensive biggest games of the year and like it doesn't really feel like it's trying to highlight the most creatively successful and like you know distinct games of the year it's like it's really just the ones you know about already like there's mm. not really because i because it's really frustrating as stuff like best indie where it's just like 
because that that was Stray One, which is probably the most AAA looking, you know, polished looking game of like of that kind of scale. But it's like Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, and Tunic was involved. And as far as I know, Stray's very good. We had a review on the site by Ben. Yeah, he really he yeah. gave it a very he good really review actually. It. But it does feel like somewhat dismissive of what's going on in the industry in general when so many of the games end up being sort of like I know they f- seem to fit a mold of being very shiny and expensive or at least very like impressive technically and artistically but without much like emphasis on like interaction mm. interactive ability or something like that I feel like this is a criticism you could level at most award shows because most of the panelists like this one, I think, is a combination of the public and, um, like, you know, like a, a board of critics, you know, from different publications and, and things like that. And I think that it, it is very similar to, like, the, how the Grammys, like, the the top 40 dominates, you know, in all the, pretty much all the categories. And same with movies where, like, all the mainstream releases seem to dominate most of the categories. Uh, so I, I can see parallels there with traditional award ceremonies. One thing I will say in defense, yes, okay, it is very commercial. There are a lot of ads. Not as much airtime is given to awards, uh, except for one award. <laughs> but yeah, I think where I'll I'll come to the defense of someone like Jeff Keighley is that you know these award shows, like the Game Awards, were set up by him, like ten years ago it was set up by him. But it's not, it's not backed by like you know. Like the 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 Oscars, I think are, are run by the Hollywood is it Foreign Press. You know what I mean. You know the Baftas are run by the you know the Bafta kind of you know organization. You know they're run by industry bodies, industry groups. Whereas video games don't really have that. I think the closest thing we have are is uh, the Dice Awards, which is part of G- the Game Developers Conference every year. I think that's kind of like the closest thing we have in the video game industry. So, you know, someone's going to have to pay the bills for a show like this. And I will say that this year's show did a much better job of being res- like respectful because like the only celebrity that didn't really have like f- feel like shoehorned in was Al Pacino. But even Al Pacino shared stories about you know watching his kids growing up playing games and the whether you're in a vocal booth whether you're standing in front of a camera or on a stage you're a performer and you're and you you know you have those shared experience even the musical like guests were kind of related to the games so it's like yes the ads there were a lot of ads but it didn't feel like it was taking away from like each award. It was more like, okay, we did some awards. Here's a block of some ads, and then we're going to get back to the show, which I think this year was a, a bit better in terms of balancing the commercial versus the awards aspect. Mm. Okay, that's that's a, that's good. Good to hear. But I will say that I feel like that just because he wasn't backed by like some sort of big money i don't think that inherently makes it like noble or anything yeah yeah because you could yeah. still like scale still it down to something in, a bit yeah it's like it's still like the fact that he went it's like okay this needs to be as big as possible 
I need to make it like it like it kind of it can't seem to get away from its roots where Keely or whoever the Spike VGA Awards back in the day. Yeah, because I, I don't think I ever saw those, but it's like mm. I, I get what you mean. But it's like there's like just a there's always this constant desperation to connect it to like the way other people like people respect other things, you know, like other like yeah. the Oscars are the big one. But I think a lot of it, you know, like just constantly like you know, movie and film like film and TV actors showing up because like they show yeah. up in games more often now, so at least it makes more sense. Mm. But it's um, it's still like. It's not. It never really seems to be focusing on what makes games interesting and unique. It's always yeah. about because that's like where the productive production value thing I'm talking about comes in. Where it's just like these are the most glossy, expensive. All these ones have the big <laughs> actors in it, and it's like they're yeah. like they're always the ones that are like our most cinematic. You know, like the ones that resemble yeah. film and TV. Like they resemble the things you care about, <laughs> like the things you like, you know, respect <laughs> in an artistic sense more than game. You know, if you're not already on that boat, you know, it's like, it feels like it's desperately trying to get games on a same similar level without really trying to argue and have an actual argument behind it. Just yeah. trying to convince you in like, um, just with visual splendor <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's, yeah. um, Okay. I know what Not you to, mean. Yeah, I think I'm taking a bit too long, but it's um, I'll kind of run no, through a few other things I, I thought. It's like um, one thing is like best action game. I was thinking it's like why isn't it just called like best action like combat system or something? I feel like that would make a lot more sense for the because I was thinking like that feels like it's kind of connected back to film like awards, you know. Whereas it's like I feel like with game awards you can try to experiment a bit more with what you're actually praising and awarding. And I feel mm. like that kind of, I was, like that just point, that was just something that stood out to me where it's like, you might as well just be awarding something else. Cause like in this sense, yeah. you're awarding both an action. You have a, both a best action adventure game, which is, where is it? Sorry. And there's have, no best adventure game category. Like there's like, you know, yeah. why isn't there an adventure category then as well? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like best action adventure is like from the actual award description is for the best action slash adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving so i kind of get in the sense that you're trying to like it's kind of a game that balances various types of gameplay into like a single yeah. adventure and um, then best action game is for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat which I, I kind of see the distinction there, but it feels worth mm. highlighting further, you know? Like, just in, like, that was just my idea where it's like just kind of highlight the systems and the sandbox they create. Cause that is worthy of yeah. praise in its own right. Cause I understand it, like, God of War Ragnarok has like a really deep one compared to the previous game, one that's probably worthy of highlighting in itself. Mm. And it's not in that setup cause it's in the action adventure setup already by award yeah. nominees, which I don't know, I guess it doesn't matter too terribly. And then Best Family, having Splatoon 3 felt like odd as well, because it doesn't really seem like the kind of game that fits in with the rest all that well. But I guess it doesn't <laughs> hurt. I just I just think it's like, it's not really... I feel like that says about how few games they're willing to nominate Yeah. in that category, if that's kind of what they're willing to find. Best Fighting Game had Sifu, the Which martial is not arts. not a fighting game. Yeah, like it seems like a weird... It's not... Like- <laughs> Yes, it's a game where there is fighting, but it's not a fighting game. It's not like a one-on-one duel or like a one-on-three. It's not like a competition type setting. It's more like, okay, you're going through an adventure, you're going through a narrative, and you're fighting as the way of combat. Mm. It's, it's very different. Uh, yeah, I think they're just 
to be fair, they're probably struggling to find nominee nominees that were released in 2022. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's sort of like um, the official description is for that is for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat, which does include Sifu, but I feel like it is... <laughs> Like, yeah, under that definition, <laughs> really yeah. dancing around the idea, of, like the broad understanding of the word, the term fighting game. Does um, it say head to head or hand to hand? Head to head. See, if they so said like, hand to hand, that might have gone a bit better because technically, Call of Duty has head to head combat. Oh, I think one of your cats wants to get out. He does. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that Ash? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're both. Do you want to let them out? <laughs> um, yeah. Hang on. Yeah, so th- that's the thing with um, that's the thing with with these categories. It and I think this is some criticism that's been laid at the feet of you know the game awards for a while now, is that yeah, it is it is very difficult to kind of put games into categories now, especially because so many games like cross like they take elements of everything, you know. Like, oh. <laughs> Do you want <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, uh, his, his uh, Ash, his male cat wanted to get back in. <laughs> to yeah, be, I guess we're not cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, with with genres like, I think more and more day by day, like genres, are kind of like arbitrary now, like they're it's very hard to kind of keep them going, but I guess you've got to draw a line somewhere, and this is where the Game Awards Committee drew it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what you were saying while I was away dealing with cats, but... <laughs> um, yeah, so... No, was, oh, yeah, that I was... was talking, yeah. Okay. I wasn't saying um, Right. <laughs> um, but it's like eSports, which is like... I, I like the idea of highlighting eSports, even though I know nothing about that mm. like realm at all. Um, but I do find it weird that it doesn't highlight fighting games either. That feels like a weird thing to not talk about. And it sounds like another thing where it just seems to be mostly money involved because those esports titles like League of Legends and Valorant and all those games are like, you know, they have a lot of money invested into that arena. Yeah. And it feels like, in that sense, they, like, you know, the ones that are prominent should kind of naturally gets more focused but it's like fighting yeah. game community is like a massive thing in its own right and it's like a big 100%. part of gaming sphere like, and like arguably we're one of the original esports right like in the early 90s with like street fighter competitions and stuff and you're right like especially where with fighting games like like in wrestling and other sports you know there are storylines and fighting games unlike um, you know, unlike like other other games, aren't a team sport. Like it's basically you, or maybe you and one person. So it's there are def- there definitely are personalities within within the fighting game sphere that I think definitely could have been highlighted here. Because mm. um. I have no idea who any of these people are. I've heard of Phase <laughs> Clan and Navi. That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't really care that I don't know them. I just like I just don't, and that's fine because it's just not something I'm invested in, and or like you know, s- mm. like enters like my like the money. circle of like awareness at all because I just yeah. don't play these games. But it's just like um like yeah like it panders to money in a sense, but it's also just like I'm not gonna 
criticize it for not being what I know personally, just because, yeah, I already know I don't care about it, you know. But it's just like... Um, Fair enough. But it's like the money thing applies to a lot of these games. Like a more like even the special recognition ones, it kind of feels like it. Because like, um, was it like Best Debut Indie, which is like the same things, same games that were nominated for the other in like Best Indie Award, except for Vampire Survivors being included, which I don't think it was in the early ones. No, it wasn't. No, um, but Norco. it's like, yeah, like Stray won that one, Neon White and Tunics also there. It's just like, I don't know. I, I don't have anything against Stray. Maybe it, it just makes feels more like such sense. A... Maybe it makes more sense in a year where there were a lot of independent releases, but some of them were from studios that had made games before and, and others where it's like a brand new studio. Maybe that's why they brought that out. It's just this year there was a lot of crossover. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think it's just like I feel like the debut indie kind of thing. Like I don't, I don't think I have any problem with the award itself so much as that there's so little range and variation in these awards. So mm. like there's like these individual awards end up having to kind of carry a lot of weight. Yeah, amongst the, like for an entire industry, technically. Yeah. As yeah, and um, no, fair enough. And games for impact yeah. is also a weird one to me. It feels like it's very dismissive. What does that mean? I, I exactly. Don't know what that it means. doesn't. Oh, what's the official one? I, I don't think. I'm not sure I saw it. For a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message, which feels like it's just like incredibly dismissive of the fact that these are games in their own right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, these games are good at making us feel things about the real world. Good job. You don't even get a best like adjective there. You just get a games for impact award. Yeah. Which yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, that actually makes me very frustrated though. it's like um, innovation and accessibility which Ragnarok won I think that's a great award I like that that's yeah, there that's a really good one yeah and most anticipated game which is just bullshit and doesn't make any that's, sense that, that's what the fuck like that's like saying like imagine uh, like at the end of the Oscars they're like oh by the way here are here, here are the movies coming out in 2023 <laughs> like, what the fuck? Or like you know later this year, like that's dumb. That's purely promotion. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's very. I was thinking about it where it's like it's really annoying that it's there because that like that one really kind of pokes holes into the entire like premise of the event to me. Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. But at least it's, it's like, during the pre. At least it's on during the pre-event. Like it's not on the game awards itself. It it, I think this one was announced and awarded before it was like that 30 minute live stream before the actual game awards oh, okay so at um, least it's like it's it's like when they do the you know the emmys and then the the technical emmys are like during the day <laughs> like right <that>. like <laughs> but except <laughs> if, <laughs> this isn't even for like craftsmanship or anything it's just like yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's like you got us hype nintendo good job yeah. and it's just like i think part of it is like i was thinking it's like just if you're gonna have something like this at least have it be like best trailer award or something to me or something yeah. like at least you're giving the award to someone like, or people's I don't know. choice <laughs> like say you know a people's choice and be like oh awarded to the to the game most looked you know yeah that makes more sense too you know what i mean yeah yeah i think it's something about like hogwarts legacy being on there even though i don't think there's a ton of anticipation for that game but no. i also i don't know maybe there's certain types of people who are really and interested like Starfield, in it. are people that anticipate? I feel like there's been a lot of negative stuff about that. <laughs> oh no, people are still hard for that one. I get it. I guess it's uh, still like a Hogwarts game. feels like a weird one where I think if 
I don't know. We're all in our own little bubbles. I shouldn't judge. Yeah. Hogwarts like, is more annoying. Why was Final Fantasy 16 not there? I would swap Final Fantasy 16. Oh, sorry, it was there. Um, what am I thinking about? I feel like there's a there's another game I'm thinking about that. Anyway, it'll come to me. Um, yeah, it's just weird. It's just like a. It's listen. This is the type of award you put on your your box. You know, your sticker or whatever. Like you know, most mm. anticipated. <laughs> it's <so> dumb. <laughs> it feels so it feels dumb. like it's more of a play to get on a Nintendo game by ge- by Keely more than it is <laughs> like something <laughs> Nintendo would care about beyond yeah. the moment. I guess <laughs> they won plenty of awards during the during the night. So I think. Uh, I will also uh, I guess this isn't really related to the awards themselves but I will say part of the reason I didn't actually watch the awards this year which I think is the first time since it started is because I'm pretty sick of Keeley to be honest I don't think I've ever loved him but it's just like (laughs) I'm pretty like I think I associate him with like bad like (laughs) like um, like like, um, greed yeah something like that like I feel like he he like Game Awards and therefore Keeley represents kind of a lot of what I really hate about the industry at this yeah. scale and it's just like seeing him talk or anything it's just like oh get him away from me <laughs> um, wow <laughs> anyway that's, that's harsh man that, that's that enough complaining we can just go over the actual <laughs> announcements now yeah so i un- unlike john uh, unlike yourself I, I i did watch the the whole show like i watched it earlier today just just to prepare because i was like oh you know what i want i have never actually seen a full game awards like ceremony i think i watched like (laughs) bits of like the first one and then like it was just like under my radar for like years it was just like okay i'll just see what trailers got announced and stuff like that but this year i was like you know what i'll actually watch it um and like i said like it definitely seems less commercial than before i think with this one there was a lot more commercial stuff in the in the actual ads that play in like the the breaks rather than in the awards so much like like there was uh, like i didn't like it wasn't like oh you know game of the year award presented by samsung like it wasn't like that it was more like oh here's an ad for doordash or here's an ad for uh, samsung in the break yeah though there was a like there were some tie-ins like you know idris elba like delivering like a pre-recorded message after the announcement of like the expansion for Cyberpunk, or like you know, uh, Among Us being referenced in Glass Onion, and so um, Daniel Craig and and Ryan Johnson, the director, did like a weird kind of like th- like kind of throw to the the like the game where <laughs> like it, it's just like there was some hacky it's stuff. It's like always that, weird yeah. though. Like you say that like yeah. I, I know like exactly what you're saying, but I was thinking it's like when you when you use the word like weird uh, attached to like a description like that, and it's like it's never not weird. It's always yeah. kind of cringy at least, and it's always annoying. <laughs> like it's always it's always very condescending, even though they're not <laughs> trying to be. Because like because yeah. the awards are always positioning games as like the underdog. And yeah. like the viewers, you know, for being fans of games, like, oh, you're losers who will, you know, love these big like people we, talking about games. Exactly. It's like we're begrudging. Like we're, we always have a chip on our shoulder. Like we, we just hate the fact that we're not taken as seriously. So we're always like kind of like talking up to them. Yeah. Like it's, it's very <laughs> frustrating. So it's like that a description. I don't know. I didn't see the glass onion bit, but that sounds yeah. exactly like what the Game Awards have done. Like that's the thing like why not have more actual game developers present the awards guess because they're not pretty <laughs> but I, yeah I no know. like some, i agree some people can be 
Yeah, like, sure. There's no, always, I'm just saying. It's like, they're taking like the shortcut yeah. in yeah. terms of like prestige and awareness and all that. And it's just like, that would be, that would, you're right. Like it should be like more actual developers and people yeah. of note within the industry. Because yeah. like then awareness of them would grow and then you would know more about people beyond just the directors because that's a problem, you know? Yeah. Or like maybe have like, okay, Ashley Birch played um, Alloy. She plays Alloy in the in the Horizon games. Why doesn't she present an award this year and stuff? Like, you know, hmm. like, you know how in the Academy Awards or like in the Grammys, they say like some of the presenters... Usually the presenters are nominated for an award and like the voiceover says, oh, you know, please welcome to the stage, da, 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 who's nominated for this tonight. And then, you know, that, that w- I think that would be really nice because you're right, we don't really get to see the faces behind the games. Like, okay, um, they talked about the, the, the director of God of War was kind of like name dropped a few times, but he never was like on stage. <laughs> it was mm. like the composer who won the award and then... Um, Chris Judge, who plays Kratos, like there could have been other stuff that that would have been a bit more kind of nice um, yeah. to see from from those teams. Um, Maybe get Bobby Kotick. Bobby Kotick presents. <laughs> yeah, we need to see more of that guy. <laughs> Games for Impact. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> uh, Call of Duty again. <laughs> yeah, we really care this time. Uh, like um, the the Blizzard, like the Activision Blizzard Award for worst scandal goes to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my um, god. I, you met um, in the notes. You mentioned something about Chris Judge getting played out. What's that? Okay, so Chris Judge. So the first award of the actual show was best performance, and it was presented by Al Pacino, and. Chris Judge, who plays Kratos in the God of War like reboot series, so God of War and God of War Ragnarok, his speech went for like six, seven minutes. But it was actually like very thoughtful and stuff. And what happened was clearly they weren't anticipating anyone to speak for that long, so they didn't have music queued up or anything like that at what usually happens at awards shows. So what was kind of cool was that when like he had been speaking for a while then the music started coming on and then as the music was building up he was kind of like building up and like kind of <laughs> and then gave like a, a final message thanking everyone it was like it was okay. it was it was it kind of worked it kind of added to added to the gravitas of his speech i mean he's already he's a big dude he's like 65 or something and he's really built and he's got like that super deep voice like and and then the the music and the words he like it was a really good kind of moment, and I felt mm. bad because Jeff Keighley repeatedly throughout the night kept calling back to it and making fun of how long it went, and I was just like, oh, okay, you say it once, it's a joke, you get you move on, don't keep like going back to it. That was really annoying. Yeah. Was he even implying by constantly coming back? To, like, was he really frustrated by it, or is it like Clearly. the only notable thing that really stood in his mind about the awards show so far? Maybe, yeah. Either way, it's weird, but yeah. No, that <laughs> sounds sounds like a nice moment, though. That's a yeah, tea, yeah. It, it actually yeah. turned out to be a nice moment, and and he had some very nice things to say, and and he got emotional and stuff as well. So, for me, I didn't mind it at all because it's it's like okay, there's there's like kind of a brief moment of honesty and vulnerability you know within the industry which is something that unfortunately the performers the creators you know aren't allowed to show because because the fans are fucking toxic so 
what don't don't stamp this down like kind of celebrate it but hey to compensate for that every other award got um like got a minute like got like a minute before the music came on so every other speech so it's like they corrected too much i think which was which was um annoying because i think keely said something before the actual event saying it's like we're going to try and cut down the time and stuff yeah a shorter and it event. feels like yeah but it's just like you know i thought the point knowing that i've been into any really but i thought the point of an industry or industry awards show was to kind of have a lot of time for that stuff yeah but really it's just you know a long string of commercials which kind of well, runs counter to that idea you know but the thing is like if you've got like if you've got a longer ceremony maybe wouldn't you get more ads <laughs> you wouldn't that mean more spots for ads or something like anyway i, I just but, yeah, yeah probably but like i think i feel like it should like build anticipation towards the next yeah. spot or something it's like you know yeah. like you're gonna go away i mean maybe they will i don't know but that shouldn't really be a concern especially at this stage where a lot of people are watching it and, and like considering that most streamers stream for more than three hours per night or something like mm. I think maybe they they think oh people have a short attention span, but it's like if if it's a good show, people watch it. Yeah, right I kind of get it in the sense that people way. like there's like a lot of video game players who are really judgmental towards games that they don't want to play. <laughs> so it's like yeah. they'll you know you see it in like YouTube comments all the time, and YouTube comments are notoriously hateful in all sorts of ways. But uh, you see, you know, going to like the PlayStation channel onto any random trailer for a game that you're probably not aware of, and there's like all the trailers are just like, man, this looks like shit because it doesn't look like something with millions of money, millions of dollars behind it. Yeah. And it's just like it's very, I don't know. What my point is that I could see a lot of the, you know aiming for those kind of people because those are the kind of people who'd probably watch, but need to be drawn in by consistent like games that are like you know kind of their jam, which is you know triple a etc etc anyway I, I think i'm talking too much should we just run <laughs> through all the announcements yeah so um let's let's do that so we had the first announcement of the night was hades 2 which is uh the follow-up to 2020s hades uh, which is super giant games is uh, very very popular and very well received uh roguelike it's this one is also set within the Greek mythology, but it I'm not sure what the name of the character is, but she's got a green arm. She's being trained by a witch to f to kill the titan known as Kronos. You know, the the I guess the the personification of time as a as a Greek titan. Uh, okay, you are Melanoi, M Melanoi, the princess of the underworld, an immortal witch and sorceress. Um She's the sister of Zagreus from the original game. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sister. Yeah, so it makes <laughs> sense why the wrong. Hades name kind of continues. Because I was like, why not call it Kronos? Because if that's the end boss or whatever of this game. But yeah, it makes sense now that like you know Hades is like involved in both. Um, then the next uh, reveal was for Judas, which was very much a Bioshock uh, game. So it's Bioshock set in space. Uh, so... If you combine System Shock's abandoned space station uh, premise with Bioshock's first-person, you know, glowy hand ability kind of shtick, you combine them together and you get Judas, which is yeah, very fitting considering it's 
Ken Levine's game and he's the creator of the Shock series. Yeah. So it's like one thing, a couple of things point, stand out, mm. stood out to me for Judas is that one, this feels like Ken Levine kind of, um, what's the word? It feels like he's scaling back to what he's done before because yeah. last we heard of Ken Levine after like 10 years or something is that he's been, you know, trying with like a small team to get something, you know, like really yeah. innovative in the video mm, game mm. narrative space. And this just looks like Bioshock for the most part. Like we won't know yeah. for sure until we see more of it. But the other part of it seems to be that it seems to be kind of centered around betrayal in some way. Like that's yeah. where the name comes from, I guess. But like yeah. the trailer goes on about it. It's like there seem to be yeah. at least three main characters that you interact with that I mm. assume you kind of turn on which yeah. I guess could be part of that sort of like, you know, big story game play yeah, like that the, Levin's and, the, and the tagline is, you know, fix what you broke. So, right. so it has that Bioshock Infinite thing or like Bioshock thing of like, okay, you've put these things into motion. Now you've got to fix that shit. That and made me think, I yeah. wonder if it has like a time loop mechanic like a lot of other games, which it I would could. not be against. Like I'd be, I'm pretty into time loops still, so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Lots uh, of mystery, basically. Yeah. But that won't be the last we'll see of like a Bioshock style game, which yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, <laughs> we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, later. So the next one was uh, it was actually a little bit of a surprise. So we actually got a look at Bayonetta Origins: Cereza and the Lost Dem- Demon. I was going to say Demon. <laughs> that does sound that, that does sound cool though. Um, so. Essentially, this is a prequel to the Bayonetta series, but instead of it being a third-person, you know, stylish action game, it is a third-person, like, kind of pseudo-isometric adventure game where you're playing a young version of Cereza. So, Cereza is... I think that's Bayonetta. Like, yeah, like I've played those games a lot and I'm still kind of a little lost on exactly As far as I know, (laughs) Cereza... Was like the original human form of Bayonetta, I think, or something. Yeah, I think it's basically just Bayonetta as a kid. I'm, I'm not that's, sure that's if I'm completely much right what about I'm thinking that. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So Cereza is, uh, it's you're playing basically kid Bayonetta, um, who's looking to save her mother. You know, she's been kidnapped, or she's something's happened to her, and it's got like a really cool watercolor aesthetic, and it, re- it reminded me of um, Okami, a lot, like kind of like. Mm. Whereas, like, imagine Okami, but with a lot more pastel colors. Like, yeah, it's that's very much trying to go for a fairy tale sort of yeah. feel to it all. Um, yeah, apparently, like, it's kind of based mm. on something that happened in Bayonetta 3 as well. Like, apparently, there was a segment that was a lot gotcha. looking a lot like this game. So, I saw some oh, comments saying sense. it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense considering how polished that part of the game was, that there'd be a whole <laughs> game based on it. But um, it looks yeah. neat, though. It's, it's cool to mm. see Bayonetta get a spin-off, which I think mm. is something where it's like, that makes me happy about where the series is at, even though yeah. I still haven't played the third one, but I'm happy yeah. it exists. <laughs> Did Bayonetta 1 get re-released on Switch? Um, yeah, yep. Okay, cool. Because like, I played Bayonetta 1 back when it came out on the PS3, which was the bad version of that game, apparently, because I think it was like the one with the shit frame rate. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think I only got like halfway in, um, so... And now that I'm older, I'd feel a bit weird playing a game like that in front of like my my wife. She'd be like, oh, "Video <laughs> games." <laughs> yeah, no, not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she's not wrong because, like, uh, Hideki Kamiya, who created Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, he I remember interview saying like, 
he literally they studied the way that strippers walk to find like to develop the gait for bayonetta to make her walk in like that kind of seductive sexy way or whatever that appeals okay. to kind of like the male fantasy so there's it's very very like very 2000s like dude bro kind of like development a little bit yeah that. anyway <laughs> um after that uh we had a performance of uh from hosier and bear mccreary and like uh the game awards like and a symphony basically play, playing one of the um the songs from god of war ragnarok it was really good and and hosier like as always like fucking amazing singer so that, that was really cool and then after that we had the weird glass onion slash um among us kind of like promo thing where daniel craig very clearly could not be fucked (laughs) (laughs) he's in late bond mode yeah pretty much and and like they were like you know the wired you know the wired interviews where it's like the autocomplete interview whatever where they were got like a white background it's it was like clearly shot on that background or something like on that day of interview so it was yeah it was a very silly um so then we had a trailer for suicide squad kill the justice league which was uh, like kind of like a mini tribute to kevin conroy who passed away recently um kevin conroy for folks at home who may not uh, remember or may not be aware he was the he's the longest running voice of bruce wayne slash the batman um ever since the original batman animated series i think in 1991 through to now um he's also the voice of batman in the the arkham games as well as a lot of um like kind of dc animated movies and and series throughout as well as well as in the live action the cw show like batgirl or whatever it was from a few years ago um yeah so that was it was good to kind of hear his voice like the actual game itself looks dumb but i don't know i'm pretty into suicide squad actually but it's just like i think it looks really fun i think i think i'm over that type of harley quinn I think I'm just I th- it's just annoying. I've been impressed by those cutscenes so far and the gameplay yeah. itself looks really fun. Um I also so. I was I was kind of happy to see it's like with Conroy being in it cuz like it's yeah. technically part of the Arkhamverse. So this yeah. is that version of Batman, you know? So one we've yeah. played before, which I thought was like, oh, I was like cuz I think I mentioned it on the podcast once and I feel like it feels gratifying to be right about something like that. <laughs> but it's just I like, like oh, the shark. I like what is he What's he? Called? What's his name? The shark guy. Like, what's his actual name? Is he just shark? It's not like Killer Shark, is it, or something I else? I think it's Killer Shark. I actually like him as a character, and I liked him in the movie as well. It was kind of very tragic, like a very. I felt bad for him <laughs> in in the in the Suicide Squad. So I don't know. I, I just found this one lame. I I think I just hate Captain Boomer. He's just a dumb character. Like the. Um, I don't know. I think the grimier yeah. and grosser you make him. And like the least, like the more pathetic you make him, the better he is. I think that's. But I haven't seen enough about him. Yet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being. Maybe I'm just like taking out the frustration of Gotham Knights on this. <laughs> um, next, uh, we had a, uh, we had a reveal of Party Animals, which is basically Fall Guys meets. Oh, there was uh, another game. Was it? Oh, I forget what it was called. It was like. Oh, fight. Gang Beasts. Gang yeah. Beasts. Yeah. So yeah. it's Gang Beasts, but you play as like household pets. You know, mm. he plays a cat, a corgi, a duck, and some other thing. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> looking. For, I forgot I was looking forward to that game because Gang Beast kind of like they never really followed up enough 
as the yeah. developer themselves like it's it's still quite mm-hmm. a um it barely still rough around early it's still rough around the yeah it's still rough around the edges yeah as like a game it, and like you know it's years after it was shown off and announced and it's like i think it's one of those games where you where if you bought it now you kind of go and expecting it's like oh there's probably a ton of stuff in there it's probably really polished and is this the same like developer it, no no i'm pretty okay. certain it's a fully different production gotcha. um gotcha. but it's like you know obviously the same you know premise as a game yeah, yeah. but it's um yeah, I forgot I was looking. I was, I, <laughs> I was just looking it up then, and it's like, oh, that's right. I forgot it was called Party Animals. I thought it was something mm. else. Anyway, and and then we had a like the first kind of full length trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, it was it was cool because like it can it's it's definitely it's definitely going to be a bit more of like a like it's definitely. A Star Wars narrative, like it's it's got a, a strong narrative again, which is really good to to see. Um, and was it, is it Connor Moynihan? I know it's Moynihan, but I don't know what his I forget his first name. But he came out on stage and and kind of like um, you know he, he seemed very genuine. He's like kind of appreciation about being in the game and 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 the work that 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 Lucasfilm, Respawn Entertainment, and EA have kind of put together. I still haven't played the original game since so i need to go back and play oh, that yeah. because <laughs> i i should give it more than an hour i feel like it'll get better yeah it's fun <laughs> i'm excited for the new one because it's got like a strong hook to it yeah so it's like he's even got a beard that's enough but it's that's, <laughs> how you, that's how you know he's badass now like it, it's it's like it's the formula you know the first game introduces the character the second game is when they have a, a goatee or a beard and they go like kind of you know it's all dark and number three is kind of like more of the same, and then number four is a kite racer. Isn't that how it? That's how. That's how the mascot. And three, like, they have like a. <laughs> three, they have a gnarly scar across their eye. That's yeah, um, that has to happen. Yeah, no, I am actually like yeah, yeah. Survivor. It's like I think I, I wrote an article like a year or two back talking yeah. about how short the first one felt. Like it felt yeah. like a setup for this one, and this yeah. one, the trailer makes it look quite big, which I'm excited it does. for. Yeah. yeah. So okay, then I, I'll I'll go back and I'll play. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, because it, it's like it, it's that first planet you go on, and then you go off, like you go <laughs> yeah, onto the I'm side. Not, I'm not trying to like convince you. Beast. <laughs> no, it's because like there was that beast. There's a beast in a cave, and I'm like, am I meant to be able to beat this guy yet, or am I not meant to be able to beat him yet? Am I not strong enough yet? I think last time you mentioned that, I said no, you're not meant to beat okay. him. Okay, all right, yeah. I've, okay. Cause or at least I, he's all, like he's optional. Yeah, yeah. Because I hate it. Like, just tell me. Just be like. <laughs> I, like I don't, I don't want to feel like you know. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, yeah. then we had Earthblade, which is like a looks like a like a Super Nintendo slash you know Mega Drive style side-scrolling platformer slash adventure yeah. game. It's um second game from Celeste developer. Um, gotcha. Looks kind of looks a little like Symphony. Um, Symphony, like Symphony of the Night, Castlevania. Yeah, yep. looks a little yep. like that with you know combat and all that. So yeah, <laughs> looking good. Fair enough. And then we had Dune Awakening. Which, my notes, my only notes here are, is that it looks as boring as its color palette. Yeah, I didn't see that trailer, <laughs> so I won't say anything else. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 gone on the show many times saying I'm not a big fan of Dune, so it's probably not a surprise that I didn't find this this any like riveting. Um, and then uh, we had the news that the Forspoken demo uh, went live during the show, so that's I think it's still playable on on PS4 and PS5. Oh, sorry, on PS5. Um, so, yeah, let us know what you think. 
Uh, then there was an ad break with a lot of ads. That's my note. So many ads. That's that's that was my uh, my commentary there. Then we had the trailer for Death Stranding two. Uh, the main takeaway is that the baby from the first game is now a toddler, and that there's a ki- there's a guitar playing cyborg man, and then there's a question on the screen saying should should we have connected at all so you spent the first game connecting humanity together and then now it's like wait should we have done that like mm. red red cyborg guitar man is like that's already like doesn't that's that's already done it for me so <laughs> <laughs> that's enough it's <laughs> <laughs> enough i'm sold um then we had a look at immortals of avium which looks like bioshock meets final fantasy this is this I feel like that's like it's almost like a generous read on it because it really doesn't say much and it's a trailer. <laughs> like it kind of establishes a world, I guess, but it doesn't do much else. Like you, you basically like you know, there's a voiceover of people talking about, oh, you know, this is gonna happen, and then you walk out and then you do like a Doctor Strange thing with your hand, and then you make. So that's why, like, I just yeah, I don't know. That's you the might only be right. Really describe. It's like I think it's like I think the only thing that's confirmed about it is that it's first person and you're using magic. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, <laughs> which Bioshock meets Final Fantasy might be completely correct. Really, <laughs> I've called it. I've yeah. <laughs> that that's back, put on the back of the box. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then we had the first like proper uh, gameplay trailer for Tekken Eight, which looks really cool. However, I am super disappointed that they got rid of Paul's iconic like flat top kind of like haircut. He had like. Paul was the American karate fighter who had like the straight up like kind of straw colored blonde hair and they got rid of that. Now he's just kind of like, it's kind of like, imagine if you didn't have like 10 kilos of gel in your hair, like what that hair would look like. It would just be flopping around. Um, And apparently it's, it's, it's going to be the conclusion of the Mishima storyline. So in Tekken 7, it was Kazuya finally putting an end to her Haihachi now it's going to be Jin Kazama versus his dad Kazuya Mishima and that kind of conflict finalizing we saw glimpses of Jun which is Jin's uh, mother so maybe she'll be making a return in this somehow because because of course she will (laughs) I mean uh, like if if let's be honest like she was like the angel I think angel Jean something like there's some weird shit in that story that can justify why someone would come back after like 30 years of not existing so uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past that oh so yes uh later uh the series director katsuhiro harada actually sorry harada actually confirmed that she will be a playable character which is cool because she's very different to like the the mishimas and also um Shortly after, a couple of days after the show, uh, he also announced that Tekken 7 has actually sold 10 million copies worldwide. So that, that's that's really cool. Really awesome news as well. Um, so then after that, we had Nightingale, which I described as Bioshock meets Rust. Yeah, I really don't remember that trailer, so I can't... It's, it's can't like, <laughs> it's like you're, you're a Victorian-era hunter, and then you encounter monsters... And then you fight them with a gun in one hand and like a glowing arm that shoots out abilities. So it's it's very much like 
and it's all about survival like there's like a survival mechanic of like crafting and gathering resources and everything and it's got a very brown palette which is why I really it, uh, I thought about Rust when I um when I saw that trailer mm. um, yeah it doesn't look very um, looks out, out of date <laughs> aside from the visuals which are, yeah. are very impressive uh, I, I had I had like it reminded me of the Order 1866 which no one ever wants to be reminded of so that's mm. if that says anything um a quick shout out Ken and Roberta Williams were on the stage and I remember them from the very first Game Awards back in 2012 so that was just like a bit of a throwback I completely forget what they presented so clearly that I think, I think they were like um, part of like a Hall of Fame sort of thing something like that because I, I think they had their own little clip or something if I'm remembering who they were exactly it doesn't quite matter I suppose yeah, yeah. and then um, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 so we've got a new trailer for that um, that showed off the release window of August 2023. Um, yeah, Larian Studios, uh, known for the Neverwinter Nights kind of series, is going to finally finish off the Baldur's Gate kind of long-running series, which I think... I feel like even Bioware had a hand in that back in the day. And... Um, was it Bullfrog? It's like, it's a kind of very like um, esteemed developers back in the day. Like it's a beloved series. So I think even like Bosch, like even um, Bioware and Obsidian had hands in that back in the day. But after that, we had um, an announcement for a game called Wayfinder. So it's a it's a collaboration between Airship Syndicate, Digital Extremes, and another party, which I think might be PlayStation, because there was. PlayStation branding all across it. Um, it's an online character RPG, um, and there's a beta uh, out this week for it. I don't know. It didn't really. Uh, it didn't really stand out to me that much, so I can't really. It, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. All right. Just to run through the rest quickly. Um, so what was it? Yeah. So next was the announcement of Horizon Forbidden West: Burning Shores, the next expansion. Mm -hmm. So kind of following up the first game's own expansion. So I assume it's going to be quite big. Um, it's set in LA, so from what I remember. Um, so otherwise, I'm not quite sure. I, I'm sure it'll be like a follow-up story-wise as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the like like was it Frozen Wild? Yeah, that? that's it. Yeah, original games one. I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So um, Bandai Namco Online's Blue Protocol MMO is coming to the West via Amazon. Same deal as Lost mm -hmm. Ark and a couple other games. So Amazon are localizing yeah. it and providing survey infrastructure and all that stuff um, to Blue Protocol, which is an existing MMO. I think you can already play it if you're in Japan. I'm yeah, not something in Japan, like, yeah. I think. Yeah, but it's um, they've also kind of uh, people have mixed feelings on an Amazon's announcement that they're kind of tinkering with content in the game to make it more, I guess, palatable or something to Western audiences. Mm. So we'll see how that turns out. I don't really have much problem with that, but I guess it depends on what's actually being changed. It's it's probably just um, changing all the the young girl characters to say that they're oh no they're actually five hundred years old. It's not creepy at all. That's 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 probably what they're doing to localize it. That's, that's <laughs> you're saying that's what the original doesn't have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's just what I'm guessing because that tends to be what happens. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, announcement of Remnant Two. Sequel to Remnant 
from the ashes from a few years ago so it's kind of a soulsy third person shooter thing looks cool yeah it looks very similar i think for the to the first one like in terms of like yeah. visuals and I, I don't think it'll be too different which is a good That's idea yeah i was like i was like remnant 2 i'm like what's remnant and then uh, now when you said from the ashes i'm like ah <laughs> that game yeah, i that forgot makes more sense because <laughs> yes, it, it is yes. actually very forgettable i think unless you're it's quite like, into it yeah it's like it's like Bloodborne, but set maybe a hundred years later. <laughs> that's maybe, yeah, that's about right. About yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like very like ranged combat focused. Yeah, um, yeah. Transformers Reactivate was announced with a CGI trailer that seems to be about taking over, I guess, dead Transformers as humans, mm. um, with kind of a more like resistance story to it rather than the traditional Autobots versus yeah. Decepticons angle. Um, I don't think we know anything else about it unless I miss something. Maybe we, maybe I did. I think, I think from the trailer, like, yeah, pretty much it seems like humanity has been decimated as part of, like, the invasion of these, I guess probably would be Decepticons, but... Yeah, I think it does say it in the trailer, I just forget. I just remember it yeah. not being how much... I just remember a lot of, like, fire and, like, yeah. Mm. It, it, yeah, like, weird found footage kind of fetishistic stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Company of Heroes 3 was announced for consoles... Um, this is the RTS, World War II era RTS. Hmm. Um, Behemoth was announced, I guess, as a, um, a VR yeah. game, fantasy VR game. Uh, going through, yeah, trailer for Don't Nod's next game, Banishes, um, which I think I need to go find the premise for it because it's actually a very cool description. I like it a lot. But it's the next game from um, developers behind Life is Strange 1 and 2. And mm. a number of other and don't like, and and um don't was it forget me no oh something like that I not something quite. I remember there was some yeah some game like that that was like their first game but I think from what I saw in the trailer the premise is like you're basically pair you're you're playing a, a like a husband and wife team of kind of spirit hunters but the twist is that the wife actually is a spirit herself yeah yeah so it's set in New Eden. 1695 and to a Durate and Red Mac Wraith uh, lovers and banishers ghost hunters who vow to protect the living from the threat of livering ghosts and uh, whatever um, but it's like it's basically their first action game as well crossed with their like normal narrative yeah. mechanic stuff um, which yeah. I'm very excited to see how that turns out like they're not a very good developers in my eyes so yeah um, uh, but I had two no- my, my two notes ghost wife and bad accents <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember the accent at all. Are they like Dutch or something? Uh, I don't know. She's like put on like a really like kind of wonky British, like kind of really. It's like borderline like country British slash Scottish. Like it just, it's very weird. Which which kind of makes sense because like, Don't Nod Strength hasn't been the voice acting because like they're French studio, so I think they use European like French actors and stuff I think you think you're Quantic Dream play. I don't think that happens with Don't Not no, so I much no I think no don't um, I guess I'm thinking of Life is Strange 1 but Life is Strange didn't really have that so much either the first one yeah maybe, maybe I don't just, think so what was the name of the f- yeah and their first anyway never mind they had a weird oh, I, their f- yeah, maybe it's more their first game that would have been the first like, like Remember Me Yes, remember me. That's the one. That's mm. the. At least that was actually set <laughs> in Paris, but um. Yeah, makes sense. So. <laughs> um, announcement after that was Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. I think we already knew this was happening in some way. I don't remember, but it was still. But you know, 
first it's look at it like a first like i think it's like what <laughs> yeah it's like so the space marine one was from a decade or so ago it's like a third person yeah. action game that was i yeah. think it's like a bit of a cult hit i think for that era yes yeah yes it's like that solid b level like gears of war clone I don't think it even, like it's kind of a Gears of War clone, except you're mostly slashing and stuff. I think I don't think you're doing as yeah. much shooting, but um, it's it's. I think it had a thing like I think you you kind of like did the the Doom thing of like I think you do certain melee attacks and stuff to get like power ups or to get ammo. So it was kind of um yeah it was it was a very it was a very B game back then. It was, so it's a very surprising to see that that of all games that got like a sequel. 11 years later yeah um next reveal was crash team rumble so this is like a competitive game multiplayer game i'm actually because i think it's kind of got it's more like of a, fall guys no i don't I think, think it's, it's like that like guys, no it's like really? a sports style kind of thing where like oh, okay. you're collecting one but like it's almost like a, i'm actually not quite sure how it plays i think it's like very platforming focused because it's crash Except you're kind of competing against each other in an arena. I think that's the idea. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I this. Think it's like there was a game on the original Xbox called Fusion Frenzy, which it was <laughs> wasn't like. Wasn't that just Mario Party? It, it, it's it's yeah. So it's like it it's like Fall Guys meets Mario Party because it's like Fall Guys Fall Guys style kind of like at platforming and competitive like kind of competition, but like with only four people. Mm. Well, we'll see, I guess. I think this is like an online service game type one. So we'll see exactly uh, what it looks like okay. later, I guess. Um, after that was a new look. Oh, another look at the Lords of the Fallen. That very confusing Souls-like uh, successor Reboot. thing. Yeah. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's like seeing it again, it's like, oh, this doesn't... But the funny thing is like... Lords of the Fallen was a PS4, like, kind of early... P- like, I think it was a launch title or uh, very early on. Mm. So, like, both the original and its, like, remake are on the same platform. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure what to think of it because I was thinking... Uh, I think I got hung up on the title because I was, like, less... I was less hung up on the title originally and then like seeing the trailer it's like i just kind of couldn't stop thinking about it <laughs> like it was like it yeah. really it was really distracting because i felt i was like why don't you just call it lords of the insert word here because i feel like that would get a lot more attention yeah. but i feel like having this kind of odd title that's kind of just kind of makes you think about how much of a reboot it is is like really distracting yeah. in a way that doesn't like, help it, it it's the james gunn thing of like just put the in front of it yeah, or, or the, like the DC thing, yeah, <laughs> the Batman, the Suicide Squad. Oh, it's a reboot. Yeah, which is like I don't know, like it doesn't. I, I think in the Suicide Squad, it probably don't. I don't think it worked very well there, is because I didn't. I don't think that movie did very well. Uh, like mm. I really like it, but I don't think it was like successful financial venture. No. You know. Um, anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> Michael Madsen co-revealed the new game Crime Boss Rocket City from Five or Five Games. Um, it's basically just Payday or whatever that game's called again like the is it payday yeah the, payday yeah yeah the payday series yeah because there's gameplay around and if you want to see it it's just payday again yeah just with i guess you get to look at 3d versions of 90s actors a lot i think that's mostly yeah, the main so thing yeah chuck norris vanilla ice kim basinger sorry kim basinger um danny Trejo, uh like and it, and it's very much riff, like very much 
aping the GTA Online style, like down to like the like the promotional artwork and stuff, like the colors, mm. like, even, like the neon colors against like kind of the city background. Like it, it, it's like Payday meets GTA Online if it was set in the nineties. So that's yeah, that's how to think about it's it. A, it's familiar desperation for the Game Awards with lots of factors and stuff. I don't yeah. know. Chuck Norris and Miller Ice are both bad dudes who you shouldn't give money to to oh, no- okay. notify people of that um oh okay <laughs> next uh there was a new trailer for phantom liberty the first expansion for cyberpunk 2077 with Idris Elba in it announcement of armored core 6 fires of rubicon this one is done by fromsoft it was leaked some time ago like mm. many things nowadays um it's not directed by the usual game director miyazaki it's right instead directed by masaru yamamura um, he, he was a big part of Sekiro, so that is mm, broadly, okay. from what I've seen, a good sign of what to expect from the game. Well, They've, there's also been a lot of interviews from them saying that we're not tinkering with the game that much. We're not okay, turning so it's it. not a Souls game. I'm sure it'll have it's some bits s- and pieces, but uh, it, yeah. they've said it's like we're very much making an Armored Core game. So okay. I wouldn't be too afraid if you're a hardcore which fan gets yeah you'll get be you'll be getting something at least resembling armored core which i've played the i've played the original armored core i think a bit of that on the original playstation at my friend's house so uh, clearly i'm a <laughs> hardcore I'm a, fan I'm an, I'm, an, I'm an expert <laughs> but uh it kind of makes like the Armored Core series informed the Soul series because a lot of the deliberate movement, the animation-heavy kind of, um, like, the weightiness to all the movement and stuff in the game, like, that definitely informed the Soul series. So it's funny that now they're going back to Armored Core, mm. which there hasn't been one since... I think it was Armored Core 4 Answer, which I think was, like, 2009 or something. Like, it's it's been a really long time, I think. Yeah, it's been a second. But it's... um Yeah, and then I think... Lastly, the new trailer for Final Fantasy 16. I think I'm sure we've seen a lot there that we either have or haven't seen in previous trailers. I'm not keeping close track of them. I'm sure other fans are. I think it looks really nice. Um, but the main thing that it reveals is the release date. So it's coming out in mm. June next year, 22nd of June. And um, yeah, that's basically the number of announcements. It was there was also a troll on stage for a second. Won't talk about him because it was an anti-Semitic remark he made. Um, but um, oh, was it? Yeah, it wasn't fun. I was gonna say like, I thought he was Jewish. Oh, there was something about that. I don't know. People seem broadly, oh, not broad. I don't know. People either meant. I've seen remark like I've seen comments saying that it was an anti-Semitic like dog whistle. What he actually said on stage. So oh, I'm not gonna. Okay. That's that's kind of the extent of my knowledge to what's been going on. Other than that, he's also done yeah. this stuff at other places so i don't know it feels like giving a lot of attention to i mean not in that our spotlight is particularly bright but um yeah it doesn't feel like a dude worth t- talking much about uh okay fair enough because yeah i was hmm okay yep <laughs> apparently he's done it at blizzcon before uh we interrupted the world of warcraft panel by shouting free hong kong um yeah at least he got and he was... had a good angle there <laughs> Okay, yeah, TikTok info. Oh, okay. Young stars of the conservative movement. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. 
That's that's good to know. He was on Infowars. Oh, oh that's right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I did read that, didn't I? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's more of a troll. So some people were thinking that he couldn't... Uh, okay. Da, 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 da. Oh, so he's actually been speaking. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because like, I listened to um, this podcast called Knowledge Fight, which is this long-running mm. podcast about breaking down basically the day-to-day happenings of Alex Jones and his whole you know universe and when i was reading that stuff about that troll he mentioned being a fan of like the like this most like this loser on infowars that isn't jones and i was like i was like i read that it's like man you're a fan of him he sucks like oh, they God. all they're all terrible but i was thinking it's like man like that <laughs> i just felt so, very judgmental yeah. of him in that moment <laughs> uh, so apparently it wasn't meant to be an anti-semitic thing he said um so he's speaking to forbes he he claimed that he's Jewish himself, and he's just like he, Bill Clinton is his hero, and he didn't know who else to he didn't, he couldn't think of anyone else in the moment. So he said, "There quote there was no underlying anti-Semitic or far-right message. I just couldn't think of a better person than Bill to give the spotlight to in that moment." End quote. So I think people were thinking like, is this the thing where it's like QAnon? You know, the Clintons are like lizard people, pedophile. You know that weird. The fucking absurd conspiracy theory that went that like yeah, kind of it's a dog whistle for the like things. the broad like conspiracy that Jewish people run the world. That's the whole thing. It's like uh, even though he says that, I don't really. If he's a, like a has a history of trolling, like I don't which really think much of his comments. also. Which yes, they do run a lot of majority. Like a lot of the world is run by them because because they actually are fucking smart and help each other and they actually are fucking good people so i think people need to okay so what if the world is run by them why, why does that matter move on like uh, I, I don't understand the anti anti-semitism that goes around anyway um yeah sorry <laughs> yeah that's not what you're to. <laughs> i digress <laughs> um yeah okay so last story for today um for the tgas ziff davis which is the company that owns ign um they were Ziff Davis basically let a lot of people go at IGN right before the event. Um, The company's content engineering and ad sales teams have been impacted. So at least Mm. in the double digits of the number of people who have been um, cut. Um, Part of a larger restructuring effort across IGN's parent companies, Ziff Davis. Um, Other business units have also been impacted. Um, Yeah, and this follows off. This follows a number of similar um, kind of staffing cuts across like a number of press outlets, like tech and gaming and all that outlets across. Yeah, like we had the Polygon, Game Byte, Game Informer, Future Publishing, and Fanbyte, um, G4, which was then shut down, and then some people and uh, at Vice also being let go as well. So it's been a that that's that's the thing. Like, okay. I think the Game Awards could have talked about some of this. Like, you know, th- there's some, like, you know, he, he could, it could have just been like, you know, they could have talked about, you know, we know that 2020, while we're here to celebrate 2022 as an amazing year in games, you know, we should recognize, you know, a lot of, th- lot of, a lot of the, the troubling times that people have had. It's been a tough year all around. We wish everyone all the best. Like, you know, some acknowledgement that not everything is shiny. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like, there's some, there's. 
I understand why the Game Awards wouldn't want to, especially when it's basically backed by the entire industry or as much of the industry is willing, they're willing to mm. try and get to fund them directly. Seemingly, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not quite how it works, but um, yeah. So yeah. It, I guess it's not a surprise, but it, you know, at Very least it, it would have a, a sense of integrity to it if they're willing to actually take a moment and speak to mm. the... Cause, yeah, because the last show or the one before that, they had something, didn't they? Like, was that after the Activision or Blizzard stuff? Or I forget uh, what that happened. I don't remember now. Yeah, we won't go into it's it. Been a little but while. it's like, you're right. Like, it would be nice if they had some comment on it. Just to mm. say that we're part of the large industry that you follow and care about. And these people were part of it and all that. Anyway. Yeah. The awards could have done a bit bit better there and recognize, you know, that there are human beings who are responsible for the games that we all love. So please have a bit of respect and think about them yeah that's gonna that's gonna do it for the for the news for this week how about we move over to the chit chat section and talk about some some stuff that's been happening around games John, you've built a new PC. Did you buy a new PC? What's going on? You've got you've got new hardware in the house. Yeah, um, I bought a pre-built one, like that. Ooh, I nice. Yeah, I, d- I really didn't want to build my own, especially at least <laughs> not, like at least for my first like actual gaming PC because it's been a long time since I had actually a tower PC like a desktop. Yeah. So I just I just didn't want to mess with it too much. Yeah, I probably so I ended up probably overspending to an extent, which I will not say exactly um but it's um but basically <laughs> to I've, be fair hardware still is very expensive so maybe you, you came out all right yeah no i just don't want to be embarrassed um but <laughs> i've got a th- uh, main hardware bits so a 3060 ti um i've got a mm-hmm. monitor that's has g-sync and 144 frames which i've been quite nice. enjoying um i actually don't remember the other parts <laughs> exactly the 1080p monitor yeah it's a 1081 yeah it's like because I, I was thinking it's like oh that'll probably last longer for my hardware you, you know if you go to your your start menu and you type dx diag dx diag press enter oh, dx dx diag press enter you'll see like a box pop up that'll tell you about your computer yeah because i did have i think um nvidia's hardware like software has something yeah. like that as well I've, I've i mean a 3060 ti is a great graphics card um, especially for 1080p gaming um, i'm still running a 2080 in mines and i'm pretty sure your card i think your card's as fast or maybe a little bit faster than mine potentially ah, okay um i've got a ryzen 7 5, 5700x cpu nice which i think nice. is I don't know. <laughs> I was trying it's to. Above my, it's above mine. It's faster than mine. Oh, okay, because I think because I, I think I ended up going like a little more into that one. Like as I was like mm. trying to tinker with the parts to get kind of a good balance of you know budget and power and all yeah. that. Because I just didn't. I just wanted yeah. something that would like last me for at least a few years without having to think yeah, about yeah. changing much. Yeah. So it's um, ah, fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, that's nice. Nice yeah. choice. So I'm I'm pretty happy with it so far. Like I think like um. I've been playing a lot of, or I've been replaying and playing a number of games, mainly at like high frame rates and like modding. Because you can now, you yeah, want to compare nice. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like I'm finally able to play GTA 4 again, which is like, it's one of my kind of 
replay, like regular replay games. So every one or two years, I'll really? replay it again. I really like GTA okay. 4. I have a lot of affection for yeah. it. Um, and I, I think it holds up still because I play it every time and it's like I, I mostly see a lot of comments talking about how much people don't like it, which is whatever. But it's just like um, every time I come back to it, it's like, oh, I like this even more this time. So it doesn't really it's, change. It's, I, I like that as well. It's the only one I've finished. Yeah. It's the only GTA I've finished. Oh. But my point is, like, I always played it on PS3, which is the worst version to yep. play it on. Um, so I've been playing at like 90 <laughs> That's frame. The only one I had. <laughs> so I've been playing it like above 60 at like 1080, and like nice. the textures seem like be sharpened or something somehow. I don't know. There's something about it that seems a little future-proofed than I more than I expected it to be. I don't know. It's it's an impressive. It work. It holds up better than I expected for a game that's from mm. 2007. Um, Did you put in install any mods or anything like that on it? Um, I don't think so. I probably, okay. I think I tweaked some stuff to make the frame rate, make it like work. high frame rate work okay. That's what I've been, that's yeah. most of the mods I've been installing. I just like small things that let me run at a high frame rate. Because I, um, I played Wolfenstein the New Order again. Because I, I think I just, because I wanted a first person shooter to play. Mm. Um, and I installed a mod that lets it run at higher frame rate. So I had it running at 144. Um, frames per second wow. which is actually very good like that game holds up <laughs> much better at a high frame rate like that game actually feels changed at a high frame rate because it's very like gotcha. visually Ooh. detailed and a lot of the yeah. color palette is very like identical to each other like things don't, yeah. aren't bright because like i'm very happy with how it looks but it does affect it how like how fast you move and like you like it it's really hard easy to lose track of things in your environment as you're aiming at them. Yeah. Because everything's gray or like whatever. Gray. <laughs> and it's like, I yeah. love how it looks, but it's, yeah, it's a problem. So, and like at a That's higher frame rate, you wow. can actually uh, like highlight things really easily. <laughs> and it's like, it's just such a smooth experience by comparison. It's really nice. Nice. Um, nice. What's been playing? I played like. And you said you Terminator Resistance? Yeah, I don't know why. What? <laughs> like, I, I just kind of, I, I at least got the tryout, like AMD's, like, I think, like Fidelity FX, which I, I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it's like a dynamic resolution scaling sort of thing ah gotcha i'm not sure it's dynamic i think it's more like a kind of reversed version of downsampling (laughs) so you can Mm. kind of like downgrade the um resolution internally and then it'll kind of use ai to i don't know i'm actually what i'm saying is probably exactly wrong but (laughs) super so part of um fidelity effects is super resolution which is what you're talking about okay um otherwise it doesn't look great that doesn't work (laughs) Because it doesn't, it actually doesn't work on your system. Oh, really? Because you, it only works if you're, yeah. Because you've got an Nvidia graphics card, so it won't work for you. So it's probably why, like, it's downscaling, but it's not doing the second part. That's oh, why it's not. That makes sense. Because I had, because I had it on a little bit, just because it made the performance better. Nvidia's it, got its own equivalent of that called um, DLSS. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Miles ahead. Um, so, okay, good to know. Yeah, <laughs> I I enjoyed that game. It was alright. I had problems with it, but I won't go into it. But it's like it's it's solid. It's a it's it seems a, like it's, a solid B game. It's exactly as solid as I expected to be, which is yes, a solid gotcha. B game. Um, I've got I've got Wolf. Is is New Order the first one? Yeah, it's the first reboot. Yeah, like first. Yeah, I've got that. I should play that because I started the new like, Colossus games that I haven't played. as well. Because I I play okay. I played both of these games and the Youngblood spinoff and stuff. But it's um hmm. yeah just replaying them just because I felt like it I guess it's, it's <laughs> like the f- frame rate upgrade is like it makes a, the biggest difference with first person it games. It changes yeah it changes the feel like 
I know for me personally, um, the mouse feel of a game, once it hits about 80 FPS, it's like another level of smoothness for me. Mm. So, you know, 60, like that's smooth, that's fine. But then when a game hits like maybe high 70s and then 80s and above, it, it feels even smoother for when I'm when I'm aiming, like first-person shooters. So maybe you're, you're experiencing some of that as well. Something like that. I'm not sure if like, I'm getting much... It's, it's making a difference with... More difference with some games than it is others. It is yeah, like it is like broadly yeah. an upgrade though, which is really nice. Yes, um, yes. Okay, just to yeah. touch on some other stuff because we're running a bit long. Um, <laughs> yep. I've been playing Fortnite. New Chapter 4 came out. Um, PC. What do you think? Did you... What do you think, man? Tell me. Oh, chapter I I'm liking chapter four. It's like I like dirt the, bikes. I like dirt bikes a lot. I'm actually I, I really like the hammers because they're kind of like a new version and another way to move around really quickly because you basically mm. just like slam the ground and then you spin up and, then and then, fly. Right? Yeah, you basically get to move around really quickly. Um but the problem the problem I found like because I've I think I've Fortnite's figured out some way to match me up with harder people, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not having a great time generally in terms of my You're scoring. Not winning as much anymore. No, um, I think they've finally like nailed exactly where I'm at in terms of skill level. <laughs> so I'm just constantly being matched up with people who I'm are at least a, like at least a slightly better than me. Um, yeah, what I was saying. Oh yeah, so but I think the one thing I've found so far is that um, I keep getting into duels with the hammer at the end which is really hard to try and do anything about because you're just like jumping around each other over and over again because it's hard to describe because but it it basically means you're bouncing really high and you only have four of them but they reload like you have four bounces but they reload every 15 seconds like so you get 15 seconds you'll get one more you know hey you're you're making it to the final round so you're still doing all right mate (laughs) yeah i guess i don't know it's just like it makes it very frustrating to like try to figure out the final parts of the game because it's like it just feels like (laughs) chaos um in a way that was less true of the last two seasons i've actually played um gotcha otherwise i I, i've been liking the chapter Uh, i think it it, it's i'm starting to get kind of get my fill of it a little bit but um, mm. I really like the dirt bikes. <laughs> I, I could play. Ooh, I could play yeah. those a lot. Um, Did I, you turn on the new update, the Unreal Engine 5.1 features? So Nanite and Lumen. Yeah. That, yeah. The, the new graphical, like, because it, it's a game changer. Like, that's actually got ray tracing and stuff in there, man. Like, mm. complete yeah, I, visual overhaul. I've been playing. I, d- I actually haven't noticed it terribly for some reason. I, d- I guess I just can't see visual upgrades like that as much anymore personally oh it's a if you have it turned on all the way you'll definitely see it so i think maybe <laughs> i did have it and i played it on ps5 as well and i just can't really tell um but what what mode did you have it on 60 fps on ps5 oh i think so okay if you have it on 120 fps mode it disables that new stuff i definitely don't have it th- i don't our tv doesn't do that so it doesn't have that option there okay Cool. Yeah, so it's definitely yeah. I've definitely played that version of the game. I just can't like it, I think it does look nice. I just like I just I think I've always thought the game looks nice, so it just hasn't been a huge difference. I think for the me. style, the the artwork and everything. I think it's more like the lighting and everything like that. I think if you turned it off now and you played it, you'd probably be like, okay, now I notice it. I've been like I already turned it off because I wanted a high frame rate. So <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, You're like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Yeah, it's um. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to. Other thing. Oh yeah, I've been playing Forza Horizon Three as well. That's the last thing I'll mention because I had I, Forza Horizon Three. Yeah, because nice. I bought that. I bought that when it was. Yeah, exactly. Like I bought it like 
however, like a year or so ago when right before it was delisted because mm. Microsoft had a deep sale on it right before it went yeah. away. So I got that and now I can actually play it because <laughs> I was waiting to get an Xbox then ended up getting a PC instead. So now I'm playing it and I really <laughs> like it. it. It's actually really yeah. nice, the setting. Like it actually does feel like Australia to an extent. At least the rural areas really do. Yeah. Um, even even the city areas kind of capture like like um because when that game came out i think right after that we went to queensland to gold coast and i'm like oh my god i recognize like the streets and like some of the buildings and stuff like what they're doing so Mm. they did a they did a good job and especially you're right especially when you're driving between cities in the rural areas it really does capture driving through like you know victoria or you know regional areas yeah um otherwise i i could probably talk about that another time actually so yeah a bit like that those are the games i've been broadly enjoying i've been playing a few more here and there but i'll get to that another time what about you <laughs> fair enough for me uh, I'll, I'll keep this quick the one that i've been playing two games i've been playing a lot of marvel snap i'm addicted to that on my phone that's the marvel trading card game i haven't put any money into it yet because I'm just like, no. Oh, I've no, heard that it, like, it yeah. matches yeah. you up with people who have the same amount of cards as you, which sounds like a pretty good way to not really want to spend that much money anyway. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I, and I'm still like, I've been playing like kind of like a lot over the past week and a bit and I've been like, I'm still seeing new cards. I still haven't seen Black Panther. So I'm just waiting for like, I'm just like that. If, if I spend money, it'll be on a Black Panther card because I love like Black Panther's my favorite superhero, so like, I'll definitely put money down for that. Um, and I've been playing a lot of uh, Destiny Two over the past week or so. Uh, the new season kicked off last week, so I've just been playing it. And like, I'm like, uh, it's it, it's just fun. Like, it's just the gameplay and everything's so fun. And I'm and I'm actually looking up videos on like builds. I think that part of the thing is that like I don't I never really optimize like my armor or, or like my weapons or my abilities to actually make things easy and fun. So like so I've just kind of looked up like oh okay so if I want to play this character what are the abilities and stuff that I should have enabled so that I can get like you know more healing or more tank abilities and stuff like that. So that's that's kind of made it a bit more fun. So I'll probably end up pre-ordering Beyond Light or not Beyond Light, sorry. Whatever the fuck the new thing's called, <laughs> when it comes out next year. Is it not called year, that? I don't remember. Now. No, Beyond Light was bef- well, a couple of episodes, a uh, couple of things before. I think it's called Lightfall. Lightfall. Yeah, Lightfall. That's it. Yeah. Well, another generic title. Sorry, I've been I've been playing that. That's that's been fun as well. And I um pretty much like we we finished Wednesday over the past week. So watching the the Netflix show. Have you seen it? No, I've heard everyone else is watching it though. <laughs> Let me know if you if you end up watching it because like it I did end up watching a bit it, of but yeah. Cyberpunk, but we can talk about it another time. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Definitely. Um. And dude, did you know there's a Dragon Age show on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. It looks I didn't nice. Know. Like, I, where did it come from? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, okay. I guess I'm gonna watch that this week. Are you into Dragon Age? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I really liked... Uh, I've only played Inquisition. I've okay. put like so many hours <laughs> in it, but I still haven't I've, I've noticed it. a trend of you being excited for game things for things you don't haven't really played. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm that type of person who has like... Who probably owns 200 games, but has maybe finished like 15 of them. 
Like I'm that type of person. Yeah. <laughs> like I still haven't finished Ace Combat. I should probably finish that and then put that away and then go back and finish maybe Doom 2016 or, or something. <laughs> Get that 10-year-old uh, backlog out of the way. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I still haven't finished Mass Effect 3. Like it's been literally 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Get to it eventually. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that that's that's going to do it for the uh the chit chat section of this week. Maybe next week we'll have some more things. Maybe we'll we'll have some more shows and stuff to talk about cuz I just started Star Wars Andor. So, I'll just finish the first episode, so um and apparently the way it works, it's like every 3 episodes is one arc. Oh, okay. Cuz I have heard so very good things yeah. about that from everyone. Yeah. So, I do also I need like, to watch it. <laughs> yeah, so I think the way they've done it is like three episodes makes one arc, one story arc, and then the next three is another one, and the next three is another one. So it's like, it's like three or four different kind of like shorter movies rather than like that tell one story. Mm. So you don't have to like watch, like I think uh, I think that kind of makes it easier to kind of like make it through. But yeah, definitely gonna try and finish that by next week. Maybe maybe we could do like a a spoiler cast as like a Christmas treat for everyone like a bonus episode over the break yeah so Maybe. yeah, yeah <laughs> sounds good well I don't want to commit you to anything that you weren't going to do yeah good call weren't going to watch <laughs> I feel like that applies both <laughs> ways <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for the chit chat and that's going to do it for our show this week thank you so much everyone for listening as always you can send in your questions to podcast at doublejump.co would love to have your questions and read them out and answer them on the show next week uh, double jump radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members you too can support double jump by heading to doublejump.co slash memberships and signing up today um, and you can also join our Discord community. We're doing some doing some changes um, as we're getting ready for 2023. But main thing I want to say, huge shout out, is that this is the 10th year of Double Jump. Double Jump turned 10 last month. And <laughs> so old. Of course I wasn't <laughs> in the country. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's um, no, been an, a, a, an amazing journey. And John, I, I think... Have you been with us since like 2015? Oh, I feel like you not were there that for long. Instead, like 2016, 2017 maybe? I don't remember. I'll look into it's it been later. A while. <laughs> I can look into it later and feel some feelings some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it has been a while yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to hopefully more years um, you know, doing the show and writing together as well. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening to us. Thank you so much for your support over the past 10 years. Looking forward to the next 10 years of, of you know, shenanigans and dumb shit that we get up to. But that, that's, that's, that's all, all, all things to look forward to. But yes, as always, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, look out for one another. Peace. Bye.